Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Fuller Fight Factor Live. Today, we are previewing Titan Fighting Championship 36, scheduled to take place December 18th in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, It'll be the third event to air on UFC Fight Pass, which you can get a free one or two week trial, and then it's only like eight or nine bucks after that, so it's perfect if you love fighting. Um, The event will be headlined in a flyweight championship map between Tim Elliott and Pedro Nobre. Hope I said that right. Probably not. Um, but we're going to be joined by two of the cards fighters today. First up, Jose Torres, who will be making his professional MMA debut in a bantamweight bout against Ian Lujan. Say hi to the people, Jose. Oh, sorry about that. Forgot to click live for you. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> no, excited, man. Yeah, perfect. All right, uh, so just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the sport, and kind of what led to you getting to this point in your career. All right, well, uh, my name is Jose Shorty Torres, for people who don't know me. Um, I fight out of Chicago, Illinois with Combat Dylan, Master Bob Shermer. I've been with him since I was 16, and I started martial arts when I was four with Shotokan Karate, got my black belt when I was 12, continued that for a little bit, joined wrestling by accident, and I ended up uh, losing a bet because my my stature of being 5'4 didn't make the basketball team, so I ended up joining wrestling, and uh, that ended up you know, paying for college because I was an All-American in college and uh, was able to graduate, and now I get my professional debut for Titan. Um, I was 25-1 and as an amateur with 10 championship titles in MMA, and besides local stuff, I was also the first two-time national USA champion and the first two-time world champion for Team USA. So I'm definitely very, very happy and very excited, and that's what helped me to uh, get my Titan debut. And I'm actually a new member of Team KHK, which has Frankie Edgar, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Alex Soto, which is our team captain, and a uh, former UFC fighter, and a bunch of other guys. There's Amaka Chess, Eldar Eldorov, that's making his uh, his big come up very soon. So I'm definitely very excited. Uh, Sheikh Khalid bin Hamad, for people who don't know KHK, uh, Akhalifa has, has been a a great help in this fight and uh, being part of the team is a huge, huge honor. And I mean, we have Frank Edgar on the team, which is fighting next weekend against uh, Chad Mendes, which is going to be a huge, huge show. So you're going to see him walk out with the Bahraini flag as well. And that's something I will be doing for my pro debut. All right. Um, Yeah. I want to come back to that, but you mentioned like, I mean, you've got a very extensive amateur martial arts background. You know, I think, uh, uh, do you consider yourself kind of part of a trend? And we're going to start seeing that more now, guys who have both like, you know, a, a traditional martial arts background and then like a wrestling and more practical combat sports background. And they just spend years doing that before they even start thinking about professional MMA. Well, you know, I definitely hope so. Cause this is, this is the trend in, in boxing, at least, you know, these boxers have 20, 30, 40 fights before you turn professional. And it's just the experience, you know, not every fighter fights exactly the same, you know, um, Luckily for me, I fought people who fight just like Ian Lujan, you know, so I have the experience to go against him and say, okay, I fought a guy like this before, I beat him, I can beat Ian, compared to, oh, man, I've never never fought a guy that, that has a huge right hand or has great, you know, jiu-jitsu and, and so on. So I see a lot of guys, they go five straight wins as an amateur and me against, ah, some guys are good, some guys that are bad, and they go pro and they lose their first fight. You know, against a guy who's been holding out for a long time. You know, for me, one of the reasons, I have two reasons why I held back so long is, one, Master Bob Shermer told me, and this is our little deal, 
you're not turning professional until you have 20 fights. I don't care if you're 1 in 19 or, you know, 19 and 1. As long as you have 20 fights, that's our deal. And two, I had an NCAA scholarship to wrestle. And the rules with that is if you're professional in any sport, your scholarship goes away. So for me, I was like, well, I'm going to finish school just in case, um, you know, MMA doesn't work out for me. Maybe, you know, I break my leg or things don't work out as planned. Um, at least I have my degree to fall back on. And, uh, you know, I'm able to keep myself safe with the job. So I ended up finishing my degree and fighting a lot of amateur fights and found out about the the UMUF, which is the United States Mixed Martial Arts Federation, and the IMUF, the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation. And uh, they're also partners with the UFC for the amateur division. And, you know, doing that gave me the recognition by KHK and uh, and Titan to get my pro debut for them. So I'm definitely, definitely happy and excited. And I hope... Um, and just a little advice for all these amateurs that are that are definitely coming up, and I know there's some great guys out there with so much background. Get the experience. Doesn't matter if people say you're sandbagging or whatever. Get experience against great fighters, and then when you go pro, you'll be a lot more prepared and a lot more experienced compared to oh my god, I've never been in this situation before. Yeah, I've never been in a position where I'm almost going to sleep or tapping out, or this guy's beating me up, or a better fighter. You know, getting beat up as an amateur, you can go one to nineteen. Doesn't matter. Once you go pro. It's a whole new world, you know. So getting that experience is a huge, huge thing, and uh, that's that's going to be the thing that wins me the fight on uh, December 18th for Titan. Yeah, and, and it's not unheard of for them to um, give people, you know, their an opportunity for their professional debut. But I mean, there's definitely guys who are, you know, there's guys that are six and zero oh, that are having a hard time getting fights with with prom- promoters at the level of Titan, you know, and other um, regional and developmental promotions that have broadcast deals or UFC Fight Pass deals. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, do you think it was that extensive and um, diverse amateur background that you do bring to the table that kind of lets you get this opportunity so quick? Yeah, so it's not every day you hear somebody losing the first, you know, first fight and then going 25 straight. Um, you know, I'm definitely very happy about it, and um, I, I believe that's one reason. Uh, beating 25 amateurs or Manolo, my, my coach here at San Diego Combat Academy, where I'm at right now for my training camp, so it's beating up teenagers for my career. But, um, <laughs> um, it's again, it's the experience. You know, for me, it wasn't just beating up guys locally. It was beating up guys in, uh, where I'm from, Chicago, so beating up guys in Chicago. And then I went down to school in Missouri, so beating up people in Missouri. And then when I went to nationals, I beat people from all over the nation. And then I... Um, was part of Kick International. They had an MMA division. I went to the Czech Republic, won a gold medal there. Then I did kickboxing. I won two Pan American gold medals in Brazil and did so many events. You know, that wasn't just local guys that were some good, some bad. These were all top-notch guys. And then when I went to Worlds, Worlds is not just, oh, here, uh, here's a guy from Turkey. No, it's the Turkey, you know, or um, my, my finals matches against Kazakhstan. It was the national champ from Kazakhstan. And it's not just one fight, it's a tournament. So once you lose, you're out. So for me, being a two-time world champ was huge of winning four straight fights in the week, fighting every single day, and being able to take the gold for my country. So it's not just fighting against scrubs or, or, or sandbagging it against guys that don't know how to fight. It's fighting against guys that know how to defend themselves, that should be pro. And um, this was, again, in a sense, like a mini Olympics for us, you know, where that's what the IMF is trying to do and trying to get it to the Olympics one day like boxing is. Because MMA yeah. is the fastest-growing sport in the world, and... Uh, that's, that's what got me the recognition. IMUF is signed with the UFC. All of my fights from the IMUF are on UFC Fight Pass. So this is not going to be the first time me being on UFC Fight Pass. So um, I'm definitely very, very excited to get back on it. 
Um, now, I mean, you know, you even though this is your professional debut, you've definitely been, you know, in this sport for a while, uh, and I'm sure you consider yourself a well-rounded mixed martial artist. But with the wrestling background and the karate background, do you tend to uh, how do you integrate that into your approach and your style, and do you tend to favor one strategy over another? Um, well, it, it depends on who I'm fighting. I'm I'm predominantly a counter fighter, um, so you know whoever I'm fighting, if it's a stand up guy, the safest thing to do is take him to the ground. You know, if it's a ground guy, the safest thing to do is you know stay up. So for me, if for example Ian Luhan, um, I expected to go to the ground, even if I decide to take him down or not. Um, I just know I'm going to be forward, forward, forward. And for me, the karate and wrestling they do kind of counteract. Uh, because of different stances and different styles, but it helps being able to know both of them and being able to have my extensive career in kickboxing, Muay Thai, and so on. You know, I've been in this game for quite a while, and I'm definitely happy that I have enough enough experience to face Ian Luhan and being the promotion where Titan, again, Titan has guys, since they have their contract, they have guys that are pretty much ready for the UFC. I mean, look at look at uh, Tim Elliott. You know, even though he had his six fights in the UFC, um, and he fought some great guys, even though he lost most of them. He had some tough battles, and now he's at Titan, being the the Titan champion. You know, nobody. Yeah, I mean, him. yeah, he's right back there. I mean, I, I'd be very surprised if, if if he wins this fight, he doesn't have another UFC contract. I think that'd be very yeah, shocking. Yeah, and and that's and that's the thing. You know, these are guys. All the people who were signed for Titan are pretty much ready for the UFC. This is just their, in a sense, semi-pro debut. Like, if you if you do this, you get the title, or if you do well enough, UFC is going to call you. You know, and that's that's what I'm excited for. To besides get my pro debut, is get my pro debut for a huge promotion that's on UFC Fight Pass is a feeder program for the UFC, and I'm definitely getting the promotion and uh, the publicity that I'm I'm happy to get. You know, it's I'm just very very excited for the fight, and all my styles go together, and I'm very happy with what I have. Um, do you feel like your wrestling allows you to be more comfortable and maybe use um, some more vulnerable stances in your striking because you have that top-level collegiate background? So, you know, your, your defense there, your takedown defense, you think gives you uh, that edge there in your striking? Um, I, I definitely think it does, mainly mainly with the, um, the whole jiu-jitsu game. Even if I'm on bottom, you know, one of my biggest things when I was a college wrestler was I was never, I was never pinned, never on my back. I was always up very quick, you know, and uh, that was just my thing. You know, I never wanted to give a point. And in college, if you're down for more than a minute, you know, you give a point. So for me, being on the bottom, I'm always up, I'm explosive, and I'm very scrappy. Um, that was just my wrestling style. And uh, when it helps him with jiu-jitsu, you know, I'm just, most of the time, the guy's usually going to get tired out before I am. It's never happened to me yet to the point where the guy's out, Outscrambled me, but um, you know that that day's yet to come, and I'm pretty sure it will come one day. But until that point, it, wrestling taught me so much with just my stand-up, where I know, hey, if it's not working, I'm gonna push it to the fence and take you down, um, and I'm gonna be able to keep you down, mainly to stay away from your jiu-jitsu. So uh, the ground upon everything's working out really well, and you know, I appreciate all my coaches that helped me in wrestling, and you know, I was, I was an All-American in college, so being able to have that experience of against guys that are the best in the nation, I'm very happy that's not something many people can say mainly in the MMA world so that you, uh so you do like that top game approach and you just um you know focus more on damage and you're confident i mean has you have you faced anyone that you felt like they had a tricky guard or like hey maybe this isn't the best position for me against this opponent let's get it back to the feet and see if i can work him there yeah actually uh 
last year, I wasn't I wasn't the best on the ground. Like if if I took you down automatically, that's what I tell people. If I'm taking you down, I'm taking you down and landing in side mount or mount. You know, maybe half guard, but once I see what you're trying to set up, no, I'm gonna either hold you or I'm gonna try my best to just stand back up. Uh, last year when I was uh, before I won the first world championships, I was in the championships fighting Ukraine, and every single fight before that, he tapped out everyone with an armbar. You know, he got taken down, pulled guard, bam, armbar. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you I took know, the you guy down. You know what right? <laughs> yeah, no, and then that was a lucky thing, but I took him down, and I was like, damn it, I got stuck in his guard. And he had both my hands. You know, I'm just laying on him, and I go to posture up, and you see his legs ready to unlock and go for an armbar. And so I decided to just, like, hold him down, and I looked at the ref, and I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> Stand me back up. You know, that's a, that's a smart thing to do. So, um, and then, you know, the rest of the battle ended up staying on the feet. And every time he did fall, I was like, I know what you want. No, come on, let's get back up. Let's keep on going. So, um, you know, given it's been a year, I believe I've gotten a lot better with my jiu-jitsu, mainly my jiu-jitsu. That's why I'm practicing every day here at uh, San Diego Combat Academy with uh, Templin of Jiu-Jitsu. And I'm, I'm definitely very excited, but the wrestling game does help. I'm predominantly more of a judo guy than uh, a wrestler. Wrestling for me is just uh, predominantly on the ground when it comes to scrambling. But, uh, yeah, I only like to take the, you know guys down in side mount or mount. It's something I'm in control. And if I'm, if I'm not in control, it freaks me out. I want to get back up. <laughs> um, now, what about, have you, have you ever experienced a threat, the threat of takedown yourself? I mean, have you, have you encountered anyone at that level yet, uh, you know, where you were worried about not being able to get back up? Um, I mean, I've been taken down before. I've, oh, this year I've tried to, I remember I tried to lateral guy where I landed straight on my back in a fight. Um, <laughs> like, maybe this is not a good position I'm in. But, um, I've been mounted. I've been, you know, I've been stuck in positions and that's the thing of getting 26 fights. That's going to happen now eventually. Um, I know my very first fight, I, I didn't, I was doing nothing but Muay Thai. And so I kicked the guy. I was like, yeah, I landed the kick. And then he caught the kick and just took me down. I'm like, coach, what do I do here? You know, I'm just, he mounted me. I'm just holding him. I'm not even trying to escape him. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, luckily, I wasn't finished, but I'm just like, coach, uh, help. So yeah. uh, I've been I've been in situations like that. I've been, you know, going against guys that are like six feet tall in fights. I even bumped up to 55 for the fun of it. You know, so I've been stuck in the bottom, but been able, again, to, to scramble out of it, which is Lucky for me at times, um, and sometimes when I say lucky, I mean like, oh hey, well that, that I'm surprised that worked. That, that worked. But um, <laughs> I was like, oh god, thank you. But um, yeah, like I remember getting stuck in a bulldog choke. I don't know if you know what that is. It's, for people who don't yeah. know what that is, it's pretty much holding someone in a noogie, but just locking your hands together and trying to rip his head off. Well, I was uh, going with a guy that was a three-time Illinois State champion. We're wrestling. We're you know we're fighting. Ends up being a wrestling match, and I'm like, yeah, let's grab him. He's about to fall, and he just catches me. And a bulldog choke, and I've never heard of it before. And so this guy's squeezing, and I'm like, why can't I breathe? Hmm. And <laughs> which, so I, I which, remember looked. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, why can't I breathe? What the hell's happening? And I was like, okay, he's, he has his hands locked. And I remember trying to roll one way, and I was like, mm, no, it's not working. All right, it's getting a little black. And I remember going the other way and getting out. But uh, I think that was the first time I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm stuck, in, uh, stuck in the choke. This is weird. Because usually, and uh, hopefully that continues to happen, is, my defense with uh, with the ground game is like, okay, um, I'm that guy, for example, if I see a dark room, something's happening, I'm not going to go walk towards it. I'm going to walk away and be like, mm, maybe I should do my thing. So um, 
that's that's what it was. Anytime I'm in a bad situation, I'm usually defensive about it. I'm like, okay, let's do something else. You know, so that's that's the only bad time I've had. But ever since then, it's it's been uh, pretty dominant by me, just being on top and being able to do ground and pound and submit people by that. Yeah, and, and you mentioned you know you have been focusing a lot more on your jiu-jitsu lately, um, and you've been working with the 10th Planet guys down there. You know, is is the idea because like, hey. I'm not comfortable on my back. I don't have a lot of weapons off my back. And if for some reason I get into a situation where I can't get off my back, I need to have some, some tools to deal with that situation and, and be able to counterattack or stall. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. It's, you have to practice everything. Cause just in case you never know what's going to happen. You might have, you might have your mindset for one specific thing, but Oh man, that, that thing might not work. You know, so you have to be prepared for everything. I hate being on my back. I'm a typical wrestler. In college, I was never pinned. In high school, I was pinned once. So I am rarely ever on my back. So being on it now, um, still kind of, you know, weirds out a little bit. But being able to know what to do, mainly when I'm stuck or if, even if I'm mounted or side-mounted, anything, just being able to know, to know how to escape and how to counter off that is the best thing for me. And uh, over here at 10th Planet, they're all guys that, you know, love to be on their back. You know, I'm a typical Japanese judo and jiu-jitsu guy, so I love being on top. I love being uh, the attacker. So working with these guys, you know, butt-scooting at me, I'm like, no, 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 get away, get away. You know, so getting <laughs> yeah. able to counter stuff um, is definitely, definitely happy. You know, it's I'm getting a lot better here. Um, you know, I've been here for two months. I'm having a great, great time here. You know, these guys are really awesome. Uh, we have Boogie, which is a uh, – I can't remember what way he fights, but – Boogie man, uh, is definitely a good coach. I rolled with him today, and his, you know he was patting me out a couple times. But I was like, oh man, okay, cool. I know what to do. I know how to get out of stuff. I'm being smart with it, so I'm definitely happy with all the experience we have. And uh, you know, you mentioned all the different guys that are down there at that camp. You know, how how much have uh, how much of a chance have you had to work with them directly and sort of you know test your skills against people at like that Frankie Edgar Joe Soto level? Okay, well, um, we have Wyatt Watson. Uh, he used to fight for Titan as well. Um, he was a thirty. He's a thirty-fiver. We have Alex Soto, a thirty-fiver that fought against Ricky Simon the last Titan fight uh, or the last Titan card. Um, so I've been going with them. Angel Cruz is another guy that still needs to be looked at. I believe he's six and one, um, and just a bunch of guys that are a little bigger than me, but it's guys that have a little more experience. And mainly, for example, Alex Soto has the the UFC veteran experience. You know, against guys like Michael McDonald and Francis, uh, Francisco Rivera. So I'm definitely having a great time here. Boogie's the black belt jiu-jitsu coach here. Having a great time with him. And everyone else here, we have a guy um, from BJ Penn's camp. I can't remember. Uh, his name's TJ, and he, he's a brown belt jiu-jitsu. You know, it's a guy that's just going and going and going. So I'm having a lot of good experience. And, uh, you know, my gym is predominantly um, Japanese jiu-jitsu, judo, you know, going on the ground, being on the attack, you know, being able to take you down and submit you from that instead of, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, well, let me be on my back. So getting a different experience here is, uh, is very nice and very, very helpful. Mainly against uh, Ian Lujan, that's a purple belt from Cobra Kai, that loves being on his back, loves doing a triangle, loves going transitioning to the arm bar. So being able to know how to counter that and, uh, you know, being able to work against it is a good thing. All right. And uh, you're a guy who definitely follows the sport. Uh, so let's talk about some of the other fights on this card. Uh, if you don't mind, give me your pick. Give me your picks, all right? Let's start with the big one, championship fight, Tim Elliott, Pedro, Pedro Nobre, flyweight title. Who, who you got and how? 
to, I say I say Tim Elliott. You know, he's he's definitely given. He's fought Brazilians before. He has the UFC experience, and um, you know, he's a phenomenal fighter. I'm definitely a fan. And he's actually a person where I will be coming down to 25, and I'd love to get the pleasure to fight him one day. He's definitely, definitely a great guy, and I believe I believe he's going to win the fight. And I, I actually say it's going to be submission. That's how he won his last fight against another Brazilian. You know, he was able to guillotine him. So that's that's exactly what I think is going to happen. He's going to guillotine him again. Again, he was, uh, I believe he was a national champion or at least an All-American college wrestler. So he has that experience to be able to get you down and, and – just dominate, and that's what I believe he's going to do. And uh, so, is that your goal? Is is the move to flyweight? Yeah. So uh, inevitably, I'm again. I'm only five four. I Ian Luhan's, I believe, five seven, five eight. Um, so there's there's some height, you know, advantage for him, which is not the first time I've ever had that. Um, yeah, I bet. Being being only five four, I fought guys six two, six three. So, and uh, sadly, I fought a lot of those, but. Um, being at 125, yeah, I'm definitely going to be the strongest guy. I used to wrestle five years straight for wrestling at 125, so I could do it. I just don't want to. <laughs> uh, and, and, any weight cut sucks, but uh, a bunch of the guys here, and I, you know, I've made my decision, but a bunch of the guys here, uh, SDCA, they're like, dude, you're small. Go 25. I, uh, <laughs> but I like cheat meals a lot, so... Yeah, let, yeah, let's see how this fight at 135. Let's see how this fight at 135 goes. See how you feel, you know. If it ain't broke, don't fix no, it though, right? No, yeah, and you know, one of my guys, and he's on the team, um, Frankie Edgar. You know, I was talking to him the other time when I was in Bahrain with him. You know, he's only like two, three inches taller than me. You know, he's a little thicker, but um, he weighs like 160 naturally. It's like, dude, how did you fought 155 and you won? I'm like, dude, yeah. I idolize you. Because you you don't cut weight. All you, I wouldn't even call it cutting weight. I would call it getting healthy. <laughs> you know, it's just being a regular diet, and you made weight naturally. And then he's cutting down to uh, 45 now, and still a piece of cake. This is pretty much what I'm doing for 35. You know, I was telling the guys, you know, I was like, ah, if I wanted to make weight tomorrow, I could do it. You know, um, you know, I weigh like 147 right now. So if I wanted to make weight, I could do it. It's not the healthiest thing to do, but I can. Um, and but for guys it's, to it's go that strength. extreme, it's usually because they want to have some sort of strength or really, I feel like, yeah. a wrestling advantage. But if you're already kind of one of the top-level wrestlers in that division, then how much more of an advantage is that going to give you that you're gonna, versus what you're going to lose in draining your body yeah. like that? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things where you know I had discussions with my coaches um, when I wrestled for three years, um, my final three years, you know, I – I wrestled, I wrestled 125, but there's a difference between making 125 once every three months compared to holding down 125 for four to five months. You know, it's, your, your body's deteriorating. You can't do it so long. Your body burns out a lot faster. So that's one of the reasons why I like 35. Uh, yeah. I know I can make it. I can make it easy. I feel better. But some of these guys, mainly, for example, the new IV rule, um, they, just, they just can't do it. You know, they, yeah. they have these horrible, horrible weight cuts, and then you see them at weigh-ins, and they look bad, and then they start to replenish all the water, and uh, then their body just won't let it go, and they look all bloated in their fight, and then they yeah. feel like crap, you know, so, yeah. you know, given I've written papers on this in college where you know, I hate weight cutting, so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of going at your natural weight, <laughs> any, any reason but, uh, the weight cutting, right? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I mean, it's truthful, oh. though, I mean, no, people, I agree with I, you 100%. Have, yeah, absolutely. What is it? You have 
I believe there's an Irish guy that fights. Uh, he was the headliner the last uh, Irish event that they had for the UFC. Houlihan. Patty yeah, I, I believe he lost that fight, but um, you know he's like six feet tall at one twenty-five. <laughs> Dude, go go thirty-five. You know you're killing your body and you're losing a lot of muscle. You're like, oh yeah, I can make it. You can make it, but are you gonna feel great? Are you gonna fight great? You know, is your body gonna be ready for it? Can you last more than one round? You know, if there's a huge scramble in the first thirty seconds, can you keep on going? And that's that's the thing. Right now, if I were to fight one thirty-five, I can keep on going for days, but going twenty-five for wrestling sucked because of every single weekend keeping my body weight low. Compared to this, if I do a proper diet, that's perfectly fine. So I believe either next fight I'll try to do a catch weight to see how I feel and then go 25, or I might go 25. We'll see uh, how my body weight is at the the final steps of this camp. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the IV rule because I think that's definitely going to change the game. I mean, you know, Benson Henderson just – you know, beat Jorge Masvidal, you know, and he looked pretty mm-hmm. good. And I think he's just going to look even better with each fight at welterweight. And uh, I think we're going to start to see some guys sort of find, I think we're going to start seeing guys a little bit smaller if they stay at the same weight, you know, or guys moving yeah. up in weight with it. And I think the uh, I mean, development, the developmental promotions, guy, like guys in your position are going to kind of have to look, well, if UFC is the goal, how are they doing it? Because if I can use IV here but not there, then I need to be fighting at the weight that I'm going to compete at in the UFC. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, some some great examples. Anthony Johnson, you know, he was what 170. And God, right? He, he looked horrible. I mean, he still had knockout power, but after that first round, he was done. You know, and then what was, greatness. You saw moments, yeah. but never a whole the whole package. Exactly, and then and then he moved up the next weight class and still was struggling. He he actually didn't make weight for that one. And yeah. so the UFC cut him, you know, and then he comes back at light heavyweight, he ends up, you know, almost taking the title. You know, just look at the, the natural body composition he had. He looked great, he felt great, he fought great, and he almost knocked out every single fighter he fought, you know, because he had the strength to do it. You know, 170, he couldn't do it. So people have that typical wrestling mindset, and I know my high school did too, of, all right, you're this tall, you're that small, all right, no, you can do this. You have that much body fat now. Yeah, you you can cut weight. All right, let's not drink. Let's not eat. Let's, you know, do everything because that's that's what gains weight. No, you know, people don't know how to cut weight, and that's why they're hiring you know Mike Dolce and all these people. So, yeah, that's 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 the problem. Look at Johnny Hendricks. His last um, when he was supposed to fight Woodley, he couldn't make weight because he feels like crap. Right. Yeah. You know. Um. Well, what was um the guy T J Dillashaw just beat? Um, is it Renee? Hennenbrough. And in Brow, you know, yeah. he, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, looked, he, he couldn't the first even time fight. He couldn't fight. Yeah, he couldn't. And then even the second time, he he felt horrible. You know, he did. He looked. Um, like, he looked. He looked off. I mean, I don't know if part of looking off was just like that. You know, he still wasn't fully me- mentally recovered from that last fight, but definitely that weight cut had a contributing factor in it. There's no way. Yeah, and I mean, Frank Edgar fighting at his natural weight, and now moving down to uh, an understandable weight, you know. And they even said that hey, he might even drop down to thirty-five for the fun of it. I, I, I don't know about that, but I love him. I love him at one forty-five. It's great. He looks healthy. He looks explosive. He looks better too. I feel like now that he doesn't have the pressure of title fights on him, these last couple fights, he's looked so good. Yeah, and I think I think this next fight's gonna be great because they have uh, the same style. I believe Frank Edgar has better stand-up. Than Chad Mendes, but Chad Mendes does have some serious power. We saw that in the Conor fight, even when he was tired, you know. So, 
Uh, and I know he definitely has that that battle and warrior in him. So it's going to be a great fight, I believe. Uh, I still believe Frank Andrews is going to win just because of all, right. all the experience and all the battles he's had. But uh, it's going to be a great, great fight. I'm definitely excited to watch it. And we have a couple right. guys and Team Bahrain, KHK, are going to go down the field. Yeah. So. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but it uh, looks like i got another caller on the line. Let's see if I can tell him. Grant Dawson, is that you? This is me. All right, hey, I'm just wrapping up here with Jose. Jose, any parting words before I let you go? That went by really quick. I'd love to talk to you again sometime. Oh, yeah, no problem. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, you know, I appreciate the podcast and all the publicity and promotion. Um, I just want to thank everyone that's listening in and all the supporters that have been supporting me all through my fight career, and uh, especially San Diego Combat Academy for taking care of me right now for the training camp. I'm excited, and I hope everyone tunes in for 36 December 18th in Kansas City, Missouri on UFC Fight Pass. All right. Thanks again, Jose. Best of luck to you. We look forward to seeing it. All right, man. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Now we are joined by Grant Dawson, undefeated, lightweight, getting ready to make his promotional debut against David Burrow, experienced veteran, uh, also fighting December 18th in Kansas City, Missouri. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great. Having fun here. I get to talk about fights, get to interview fighters, you know. Got a lot of fights this week, next week. All right, so uh, yeah. just t- tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, where you're training at and how you're getting ready for this fight. Uh, well, I'm training in Lee Summit, Missouri at Glory MMA and Fitness. Um, we got a lot of great coaches. we got James Krause and uh, Tim Elliott and uh, Zach Cummings up there. So getting ready for this fight, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, actually. I, I enjoy what I do, so just grinding every day, getting ready to go. And, I mean, I've never felt more ready. All right. Um, so this is a little bit of a hometown fight for you then? I mean. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that place is going to be packed with people that are there for me. So that's kind of nice right there. But honestly, the cage is the same, whether it's in my hometown or somebody else's town. So it doesn't really make a difference to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned you got Zach down there. Man, he, he looked good in that last fight. I'll tell you that. That's yeah, he, yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, is that where you're from? That's where you've been training your whole life? or I'm originally from Nebraska. Uh, I trained at a pretty small gym until uh, just about a year ago. I moved up here to train with James and, and Zach and all them. But uh, before that, it was just kind of gym to gym in uh, Nebraska. And then uh, I found this place, you know, because of my old manager. He told me that he knew James personally, and he wanted me to come up here and, and talk to him, and I did, and I kind of just never left. So, I mean, now it's home. Yeah, there you go, right? You find somewhere that works. Now, you've got a lot of fights within a relatively short period of time. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's that's pretty impressive here in the last year and a half to have se- to have seven straight wins. All finishes, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, I like I like to fight. I like to keep busy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I one after another. I just told Joe, text me a name, and, and I'll get ready for it. So that's pretty much what we've been doing. It's been working so far. Yeah. And uh, prior to getting into mixed martial arts, uh, did you have any uh, contributing background? Uh, I actually started off as a wrestler um, in high school, but uh, – I, I mean, I fought in high school, too. Like, I started training when I was a sophomore in high school, I believe. And then I had my first fight my sophomore, the end of my sophomore year. So 
I would say my background is uh, MMA, but, I mean, if you really want to go deeper than that, I would say wrestling because that's what I did before uh, before I went straight MMA. Cool. Well, I, but, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, like you said, like, you did that, but you're also, I mean, you've been a mixed martial artist com- competitively since you were a teenager, so I guess you could just consider yourself a, a mixed, like, that's your background, right, is MMA. Yeah. Yeah, I would consider myself... I would consider myself one of the guys that started off doing MMA instead of being really good in one in one aspect. Yeah, you're not getting into MMA later. Yeah. Not not a a specialist, I guess is what we might call him. As a specialized. <laughs> yeah. MMA is my specialty. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, fighting in a cage is your specialty. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh now your opponent, you know, uh he's not much older than you, but he definitely has a lot of experience under his belt. Is this you think like the right kind of person for you to fight at this point in your career? You're kind of making you know, you're making your promotional debut, you got some hype behind you, and then here's an experienced veteran standing across from you but who's not out of his prime yet. Um you think this is gonna be a good opportunity to kind of showcase where you are? Yeah, I love this matchup. This is this is something that I mean, I think he's tough. He's durable. Um, my manager came to me and said, I got an opponent for you. And I said, cool. And he goes, you're not going to be able to finish him in the first. And I was like, challenge accepted. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm not backing down from every, anybody. I think I match up well with everybody in the division. Um, this, is, this is nothing but good for me. You know, I don't, I don't want people to look at my record and say, okay, he's beat a bunch of chumps. That's that. I mean, he's just beat. He's seven and zero with seven chumps. I mean, I'm seven and zero with six very, very tough guys. So, I mean, if you look at my record, I haven't fought anybody with less than ten fights except for one guy, and that was my debut. And it doesn't make sense to fight somebody with more than ten fights in your debut. But, I mean, I've had tough fight after tough fight, and this is just the next one. And after this one, we're looking at somebody who's even better. So, um, I just want to keep going up until until the UFC calls. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, progressively get tougher and tougher competition until you get to this point when you're making a splash. But I think definitely staying active is what's helping you the most right now. Do you think that that just makes you looser and more comfortable every new time you step into the cage? Uh, yeah, I mean, the more you compete, the more comfortable you get, right? So the more I compete, the more comfortable I get. Like, take my last fight, for example. Um, there was no jitters. There was... I mean, that was by far the most fun I've had fighting in a cage ever. Um, I mean, from the start of the fight to the end of the fight, I was smiling the whole time. I mean, it was just clean fun. Like, nothing else mattered, just having fun. And that's what I like. And I have a feeling this fight's going to be the exact same way. It's going to be a little bit tougher, but that's what I like. I like tough. I like grinding and gritty battles and just dominating people. And I I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a tough first round, and then... After that, it's going to be all me. And let's point out that you, you that was a tournament, correct? Yes. My last fight yeah, so was you a, fought, uh, you a fought four-man nights. tournament. Yeah, you fought two fights in that one night, and you finished both yep. of them. Now, you're, you're, the guy you faced in the finals, Andrew Carrillo, he, he went to a decision. Do you think that benefited you at all going into that second fight? Because, you know, your fight was shorter. Did you feel more fresh? Uh. I think there were there were gives and takes. I mean, in his fight, he took, like, zero punches. They laid on each other for, you know, 
five minutes. It, what was it, two rounds? So ten minutes. <laughs> they not not, on not each to other. take anything away from you. That's just one thing I always wonder in the tournament format, you know. Yeah. G- guys are but, going in there I mean, with a different amount of mileage. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm used to the tournament style. I mean, I, coming from wrestling, I mean, you guys haven't been able to see it, see it lately, but my better rounds are the second and third rounds, you know. Like, the first round is the round where I'm rusty, and after I get that round out of the way, I feel good. That's why I think that I felt so good going in against Andrew was because I had already had, you know, a round. I already got it out of the way, submitted somebody, felt good, and then this next round was just to have fun, you know. It was at the end of the night, but, man, I felt good. It, it There was, I mean, nobody was going to beat me that night. I mean, I did just you felt take, great. Did you take much damage in that first fight against uh, Danny Timms or – you know, actually, that yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was it was a it was a pretty one sided fight, and I had his back, and he actually leans forward, and I go up to catch him to pull him back down, and he headbutts me right above the eye, and like my eye just started gushing blood, swelled up instantly, and I was like, I kind of looked at the ref, and I was like, Come on, dude, really? Like, <laughs> just headbutt me. Like at least, <laughs> and he was like, give me a time out and clean it up, man. Jeez. Or, or at least a point. I just wanted a point. Like he was like, he goes, watch that headbutt as my like blood gushing into my eye. I'm like, oh, thanks, ref. Yeah, good yeah. call there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> but Mike, Mike England. It looks like he's ref most of your fights. Yep. Yep. I know Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I personally know that motherfucker. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he makes some interesting calls, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, ref, you, you, ref you stay king in there, I guess. You stay PC with it. I don't have to. I can piss off officials. They're not fucking up my fights. Right. I think he's going to be my official for this one, so I better keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, it's in Kansas City. That's Mike England's territory, apparently. That. Yep. That's that's his that's his land. So I better be is quiet. This, is this a union running this thing? What's that? That's like that's like a union rule. Like oh. We we know he right. sucks, but we can't get rid of him. The union protects him. <laughs> yeah, he he must be the only one in Kansas City or something like that. But <laughs> I don't know. I I like him as a person. Like I mean, after the fight, you know, we always <laughs> talk and we're cool. But I don't know. As a ref, man, he makes some interesting calls. Anytime someone says anything along the lines of, "Well, he's a good guy," there's always like a but. But, but, I mean... But personally, he's awesome. However, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start a business with the guys, what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> Maybe don't take taxes. Yeah. There's always a caveat to it, whoever it is, whenever you say that about someone. Uh, and I believe that right. I'm sure he's a very nice individual. I don't know him personally. Uh, you know, I can just see that he, he's got a lot of experience refereeing your bouts. That's, that's all yep. I can say. Yeah, he does. He does. All right. So is there anything uh, stylistically uh, that you're going to be focused on with uh, this Burrow fight? I mean, I, I just focus on going out there and doing me. I mean, he, he's got his danger factors. He's got a he's got a slick arm bar and an overhand right. But, I mean, I train with guys who have better overhand rights and way better arm bars. So there's really nothing he does that scares me. Um we're looking to keep it clean and tight and just go in there and, and beat him up for 15 minutes or less. So yeah. there's really nothing he does that makes me go, ah, geez, I need to really, really, really be careful here. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, he, he's going to be on bar, the defensive the whole time. That arm bar, is it, is it something he, 
like uh, does he threaten it? Does he go for the takedown, or is it op- is it more opportunistic that you've seen? Like you know, guys from what I, down works position. You you want me to be completely honest? From what I've seen, it I'm going to let this guy punch my face for 14 minutes, and then I'm going to catch an armbar when he's dog tired. That that's pretty much what I've seen. So so what you're saying um, is he's durable and he's still dangerous to the end, but guys will get sloppy and allow him yeah. to capitalize. Yes, and I don't do that. I don't get sloppy. I don't get tired. Um, like I said, the second and third round are my best rounds. Like people don't, people think I'm a one, uh, a one round wonder, but I mean, wait till you get out of that first round. You're going to be in a hey, world hey, of hurt. You know what? If, if you never lose and you never leave like the first or second round, then it's okay to be a one round wonder because <laughs> you're right. That's, <laughs> I always, Henry Brown's saying was, yeah. Henry Brown's saying was, uh, I don't need to do cardio because I'll just knock everybody out in the first round. Yeah, but I'm sure you do do cardio, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I pride myself on that. All right, and uh, so is it just sort of, you know, use your footwork? Are you going to focus on just kind of keeping him on the outside to avoid that overhand right, but also not get clinched up so he can't attack uh, the arm at all? Uh, or do you no, want to get I'll... in? You want to get in close and dirty and make it a dog fight or grind it out and beat him up? I, I want to be in his face. That's all I want. I want to push the pace. I want to be in his face, and I want to be hitting him the whole time. I mean, whether I'm shooting, whether he's shooting, whether we're clinched up, I'm going to be hitting him. I'm going to be taking him down, beating him up, and then when he gives me an arm or a neck and says, okay, man, I'm done, I'm going to take it. So just pushing oh, the pace so, yeah. from the start of the fight. To the end of fight. That's that's my goal in this fight. It's just to push the pace, which is just which is the goal in all of my fights. Yeah, keep him on his heels so he can't really use that yep. weapon effectively. Because if he can't, yep. yeah, if he can't plant well, then he can't land any good damage with that overhand right. And if that's the only thing exactly. you think you're worried, you're worried about, then that should be good to go. Yeah, that makes. See, I like talking to you guys, you younger guys, man. You all know how to break down fights. Y'all, <laughs> that's how it's before we before we went on the air. I was telling Jose, I was like. Look, I don't want to hear any, I'm just going to do what I do, he's going to do what I do, and then we're going to have a fight, and that's how it plays out. I'm going to go in there and win, you know. That's, yeah, you guys, you know, I like this. This younger generation of fighters, it's perfect. You're catching up with those of us that are older but don't fight but love the sport. <laughs> well, we do our best. All right. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's hometown crowd, but this is your promotional debut. You're going to be fighting on UFC Fight Pass. Any increased pressure you know, or having just, you know, has this build up to this fight been a different experience for you than previous fights? You know, I I get that. Yes, this this has been a different build up, but I get and I get that question all the time. You know, hey, you're going to be fighting in front of you know possibly millions of people. Is there any more pressure? Or or, or, like or, no, or, or no people possibly, right? It's all theoretical. For sure. <laughs> I mean, you know. It all depends on who, you know, who shows up to watch. Exactly. But for me, I mean, the pressure stays the exact same because my pressure doesn't come from performing in front of people. It comes from fighting another human being in a steel cage. So whether I'm fighting in front of 10,000 people, 10 million people, or 10 people, you know, the pressure's the same. There's a guy across the cage who wants to beat me up. That's the pressure. Not, oh, no, there's going to be a bunch of people watching me. That stuff doesn't bother me. Well, there you go. I guess, yeah, I guess, 
everyone's got their own approach to it. And if that's, yeah, I mean, obviously focusing on the guy who's going to punch you in the face definitely seems to be the most logical right. choice. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. some guys have, like, you know, not necessarily performance anxiety, but, like, social anxiety or whatever. The, it's yep. like they have no problem getting in a cage and smashing someone's face into the ground, but... You put a microphone and some lights on them, and it's just night and day. And they freak out, yeah. Yeah. They're like, what do I do now? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, they always try to say, like, public speaking is the thing people fear the most. Look, I love public speaking. I do this all day long. But you lock me in a cage with another human being, and we're going to have – no, I will be terrified, absolutely. (laughs) to to, To hear it the other way around, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned you, you came down from Nebraska. Um, you know, you, you jumped around a little bit there. Have you spent time anywhere else, you know, before you kind of settled in Missouri? Or is it just sort of been no. A to B? Yeah, it was it was straight from Nebraska to here. And, and I've been here for a year and a half, and I, I haven't left. So um, this is honestly the only place that I've trained since I've been here. Um I, I haven't stepped foot in a single other gym other than the one in Lee Summit. So, I mean, it's yeah, been a really good experience, and there's no need to change anything that's going on right now, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, you got, you know, James Krause there, and you mentioned work, you know, working with Zach Cummings. Um, do you have, like, you know, do you have a good stable of training partners to work different styles or strengths or weaknesses with to go through, or – um, is that something you feel like maybe you might have to look to, you know, as you go further on in your career, uh, trying to adapt a little bit more? That seems to always be the issue is training partners. Um, honestly, we got a really good slew of guys right now. I mean, we got Jason Witt, who's the most explosive dude I've ever met in my life. Um, we got Trey, and he is a jiu-jitsu master. Like, I mean, that guy has the most dangerous guard I've ever seen. And then, you know, we got Yazan Haji, killer stand-up. I mean, that guy's a monster everywhere. Um, my personal training partner that I train with every single day is Zach Long. Um, he is just, yeah, he's like me. He's just a tough, gritty, grindy, strong wrestler, and he just likes to, you know, pound on people for 15 minutes. So me and him work really, really well together. And I mean, the list just goes on and on. We got, you know, William Joplin. We got, obviously, James Krause. And the thing about James Krause is he can emulate anybody. Like, Having one of him is like having ten different training partners because he can emulate the long, lanky striker, the tough, gritty wrestler, the jiu-jitsu expert. I mean, he can do it all, literally everything. So not to mention he's a tactical wizard. So, you know, he knows exactly how to break down everything and be like, okay, you need to tack him here, do this, make sure he does this, and at this time we're going to kick it up. I mean, I, honestly, we've got the perfect team right now. And, and I think yeah. that... In in a year, we're going to have close to five or six guys from our gym in the UFC, guaranteed. I mean, five, six, maybe seven guys from our gym alone in the UFC. And I think it's going to be – we're going to be known as that gym that's really coming up. We're going to be up there with the alpha male guys, with uh, Novu Yao and all those guys. I mean, we're coming. All right, well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's always good, you know, to know you got a solid home, a place that, you know, you can kind of get everything from. Because, like, with training partners, it's sort of like the either you don't have enough and you're forced to bring guys in, in which case it's sort of like, well, how much can you really trust these guys? You haven't worked with them a lot. Or 
You get these yeah. mega camps. You get these mega camps, and you get so many top level training partners that no one wants to fight anyone. So it's sort of that yeah, balance, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's that the balance. problem with alpha male. That's the problem with alpha male right now. Like, I mean, TJ Dillashaw, uh, Faber, and I know TJ just left, but Faber and then uh, yeah. Chad was talking about going down to 35. They're all in the same, you know, the same range. It's like, oh, man, yeah, we want to see exactly. those fights. Yeah, but, I mean, Dan, yeah, Danny Castillo's there, uh, Joseph yep. Benavides is there, and it's like, yeah, you know, well, it's fine when you have, like, the num- you know, guy who's ranked, like, number one to three, and then a guy who's, like, ranked number 15 to 20, but when you got two or more guys... One, two, top, three, and four in yeah. the same room. <laughs> like, yeah, you're all going to get better, but you're not necessarily going to get paid. <laughs> right, who are you gonna- the, big fights are, the big fights are in that room. That's exactly it. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, plagued uh, the AKA guys years ago. And that sort of, like, prompted, like, a temporary strike between the welterweights. You know, you had Koscheck, um, Mike Swick, and John Fitch. And they were all, like, they pretty much got told, uh, one of you is going to have to fight each other if you want a title shot, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so, it, you know, you think guys would kind of see, like, this is how things go. But, yeah, it's finding that balance. Um, yeah, for sure. It, Big card. All right. Uh, who's your pick for the main event? Tim Elliott versus Pedro Nobrek. Flyweight title. Tim Elliott. Tim <laughs> Elliott. Easy. Easy win. I mean, I train with that guy. and I mean, I'm a 55er right now, and he throws me on my head without even trying. I mean, I don't see this guy doing anything to him. That Tim Elliott. Easy. Oh, there you go. See? Every, you know, everyone's like, hey, Tim Elliott's the guy. But, uh... I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm trying. I'm curious what the odds are on this. Let's see here. Titan FC 36 betting odds. See, that's how you know. Like Tim Elliott's the clear favorite, but if he's like a 20 to one favorite, then the the money might be to go for uh <laughs> for for no brand. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, what happened with sure. Holly Holm. I mean, it's just nine to one yeah, underdog, you, and everyone was like, "No way. That's that's too much money to turn down." Exactly. There's a guy who won $250,000 in uh, Las Vegas on that fight. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, Jesus, I need to start betting on these fights more often because, just, <laughs> like, oh, it's like, I mean, I thought Ronda Rousey was going to win. Don't get me wrong. I did not pick her to not win. But at 9-1 to one underdog, I'm I'm going to, like, put money on the other person because she's not that much of an underdog. Like, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, all day Betch long. Cohea. Betch Cohea was, I think, like, what? And a sixteen to one underdog or something like that. Like you bet fifty bucks on her, you would have won three hundred. Like nah, she that, was that a sounds, huge that, that, underdog. That sounded like fair odds to me, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't think. I mean, I think Betch sucks, but still, one lucky punch and you're you're ten thousand dollars richer for betting hundred bucks. Well, I think I think with the one thing with the women's division is that if you get someone who's explosive and and aggressive and and has that knockout power that, like, you know, there's definitely a lot of women out there that can do that, but I think that's something that you'd see less often than, say, compared to the men's bantamweight division, where most of them are going to be explosive and knock you out. So I think it's just sort of, uh, okay, until she runs into someone who can match her, you know, um, on strength, that she kind of gets away with it. So it's not that she's not good, but she might look a little better than she is just because that's something you don't see as often in that division. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Holly Holmes, 
kind of cheated on that fact. I mean, she had two fights in the <laughs> UFC that were terrible. I mean, uh, I saw both those fights, and they were snooze fest. I hated them. And then she goes out and has one of the most exciting fights of the year with Ronda Rousey and dominates her. <laughs> it's like, okay, come on. If you really look back at her, her fights in the UFC were like, okay, she's going to get killed. Yeah. But I don't but, know, whatever. You know, I mean, she, she proved she proved them all wrong, though, you know? So Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was the first one to eat my words, I tell you what. See, that's why I talk to you like younger guys, too. You also follow the sport, man. These guys I've known for years, and they're like, yeah, I don't really watch MMA. And I'm like, you've been in the UFC for six years. Are you kidding me? This is like, uh, yeah. they don't, they don't, you know, they that's don't care. Like, huh? I'm not even, I'm not even kidding you. Like, that's uh, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names, but I'm going to be like, be sitting there watching an event. He's like, oh, who's that guy? I'm like, what do you mean, who's that guy? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's Johnny Hendricks. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's that, well, not. Not that bad, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I don't know, uh, but yeah, it's always fun talking fights. It's always fun talking to young up and coming oh, yeah. fighters. Uh, you know, yep. uh, you know, I like hearing what you guys got to say before you get in there and step into a steel cage and punch each other in the face. Um, you know, any anything else you want to share? Anything you want to say? Fans, promoters, trainers, sponsors, social media. Uh, I just want to make a big. I just want to make a big shout out to uh, James Krause personally. Um, he helped me so much in this camp. Um, I don't think I can thank him enough. He's, I mean, he's given me a place to live, you know, um, and the best job in the world. So him and Joe Wooster, those guys are my supporting, supporting fans, and I, and I love them. And and they've helped me so much in my career, and I just I can't thank them enough. So that's about all I got. Um, are we wrapping up here? Yep, uh, yep, uh, that's it. I just want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, that was Grant Dawson, um, you know, helping us break down fights, talking about his career, his upcoming fight against uh, Ian. You said, how do you say, how do you say, Lujan? Yeah, that's what you said. But, uh, and then uh, I also want to thank again uh, Jose Torres for calling in, uh, thank Titan for setting this up. And uh, best of luck to you. Uh, look forward to watching the fight. It is available on UFC Fight Pass. Um, you, if you don't have a subscription, you can get a free trial. I'm pretty sure. If not, it's really cheap. If you love fighting, this is this is the service to get. This is Netflix for fighting, and they have you know they've got the full UFC catalog, the Strikeforce catalog. They have the live Titan events. They've got uh, Eurasian Fight League and Brazil Shooto and so many fights. I feel like every day there's a new fight. I don't even have cable anymore. I just watch fights on UFC Fight Pass. Or I just same here. Or, or like two weeks ago, I just got high as Jesus Christ on the space station and watched Nick Diaz fights for like twelve hours straight. So there's always something fun you can do. Uh, yeah. All right, Grant. Thank you so much for calling in. And we, like I said, we Thanks, wish you guys. The best thank you for having me. Hey, anytime. All right. Talk to you later. All right. So that wraps us up. Finished a couple minutes early. Had fun. Good to be back. What was, uh, what was on last week, right? Daniel Vichel fighting on Bellator tonight. That was our guest last week. Uh, we'll probably have a lot more of these Titan guys set up for you uh, in anticipation uh, of that upcoming fight on December 18th. Um, I know they're really excited to get these guys some exposure. Uh, hopefully you guys get to learn something about them and we make it a little entertaining for you. Um, but as always, I love you. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, I'm not sure when that will be, probably sometime early next week. Just hit me up, Twitter, Facebook.
YouTube, Instagram. Uh, oh, we're brought to you by the MMACorner.com. Your home for all things MMA. Live in the corner lifestyle. I forget what the, the tagline is, but check it out. The MMACorner.com. Peace out. <laughs>